All right, this is an IWC Nation special to start off the new year. It's New Year's Day. I'm sitting in the dining room of Mr. David Downs and his lovely wife, Michelle. Hi. Hello, I'm still alive, guys. David's still alive, everybody. I mean, I, I work too fucking much, but I'm otherwise still alive. So Jason's not here. He's off paying bills. This was not really planned. I sort of just sprung this on David when I arrived at his apartment this morning. But, uh, I'm glad you came over, dude. Yeah, I, I have, I'm not dead, guys. I just, I have literally, I've had literally no time in my fucking life this past year. But I just got promotion at work, a little lighter schedule, so hopefully that's going to change here in the coming months I can actually contribute right. more. Well, we <laughs> definitely miss having you because, uh, you know, Jason struggles to add in the proper amount of penis and Hitler references. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's definitely um, my... Uh, and, you know, that's not my game, so I don't carry that torch. Well, you know, I mean, penis Hitler is, you know, is my hero. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a character I yeah, created. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a literally a penis. With a Hitler mustache. With a Hitler who, mustache and a Nazi uniform. And his belief is that he needs to wipe out all smaller, inferior penises. Um... So not that great if you have a small dick. Yep. Um, we at the IWC Nation are fine. <laughs> anyway, David, um, so we're going to go over the same template that we use besides the matches. I mean, if you want to mention some of your favorite matches, we can do that. Um, I know you didn't get to watch a lot of wrestling this year. It's been a busy year for David, tough year for, I think, all of us overall. Yeah, it has been just crazy. <laughs> I mean... Just, there were time frames there where, I mean, guys, let's, let's be honest here, too. There were times this year when the WWE special was really fucking bad. Well, there was, yeah, we we yeah. changed the way this show was, like, That's ran. how bad it was. That's, it was so bad, and the ratings got so shit that the McMahons had to come out and say, Okay, guys, we admit it. We fucking shit the bed. Yeah, All but right. then they used fucking poor, I mean, they literally... <coughs> Excuse me. They literally turned Baron Corbin into a sympathetic figure by dumping all the blame on a guy who deserved none of it. Yeah, he just took the storyline blame for. But he, but, but, though, but really though, he was part of the problem because he's an example of a guy who only was on TV because Vince McMahon had some kind of weird erection for him. That's the only reason he was ever fucking there. I feel like they told him if you cut your hair, we will put you in big storylines because your hair is so fucking awful baron dude he had an issue there. he did look a lot better once he cut his hair but then he stopped wearing wrestling gear that was weird dude. and just know. always wrestling in a dress shirt and that was probably an issue where mcmahon was like dude god looks like he works at fucking denny's that's not he did he really did look like he worked at... he was just missing the fucking little you know cute little apron no, cute little, little apron cute little... <laughs> uh but uh you know baron I don't think he's as bad as he seemed, but yeah, they, they definitely made him into an asshole and then a sympathetic figure, and then he's still just an asshole. He's not bad on the mic, it's just he really never has been great in the ring. I mean, he was an example of a guy who, I mean, was really rushed through the developmental system just because he was tall. And that's something that gives Vince McMahon, especially a nice, big, big old man erection. Right. So, I mean, that's what that was. We knew that from day one. And that's why he came in at a disadvantage. Because people knew that was the case. And so he obviously already had this Marks hated his fucking ass. And then he wasn't good looking enough or interesting enough for anyone else to get behind him. So it just became kind of a go with the fuck away kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Worst Money in the Bank winner ever? 
Yes. Oh, and I'm sure you've heard the story about, I think we talked about that, about how this, the rumor around the time, the reason why he didn't win the actual, because he was actually in line to win a fucking title. That's how high Vince Jesus. McMahon was on him at one point. The problem was that he, you know, sometimes life imitates art, and he apparently had a bit of an attitude back fucking stage, and he did it to the wrong guy, <coughs> namely John fucking Cena. <laughs> and Cena personally, well, I think this is what it is, you know, you know, this is all, this is all rumor and ballyhoo, but I mean, the rumor has it that Cena personally saw that his push was killed. Well, I wouldn't and, be surprised. Was... And when John Cena, I mean, he's known to do that kind of shit, but typically it's, I mean, it's not without merit. I mean, for him to go personally to the boss and say, this guy isn't ready, he's an asshole, kill his fucking push... I mean, he did something wrong. He did something wrong. He's John Cena from what... I mean, he's there's stories. You know, we know the, you know, the, the Nexus fuck up. We know a lot of things have happened in the past. The but, no-sells and whatnot. But, but I've never heard a full-on story where he just was like, you know, I don't care what people say. I don't care what people think about me. This guy's an asshole. He'll thank me later. Kill right. his push. You know. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. You know. Yeah. But instead, they went the other way. And, and, they, and, and, and that's the thing. And, figure. And, and that's why I fucking say, yes, it is partially his fault because... You no, know, because he was he was given more screen time than probably anyone. Towards the, the last two the, months of the year, without a doubt. I mean, especially leading up to the you know to the fucking re- reboot. I mean, he was on TV all the fucking time, and it's like I've never asked for more Baron Corbin in my fucking life, <laughs> ever. I mean, literally the uh, the last episode before the McMahon's came out to apologize, Baron Corbin <laughs> had an hour and a half of screen time out of a three hour show. Which, Which is, means he was basically all of the Hulu version of Raw. Yeah, exactly. And that, to me, is like, you know, I'd rather just ladle diarrhea into my eye sockets. <laughs> it's, know, I'd, rather, I'd rather munch on a fucking, on a diarrhea dog's asshole. I'd rather be involved in a CZW death match. That, with, 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 uh, with John Zandy. Right. Yes. Bloody and... So, uh, well, I'll, I'll point out, though. At least entertaining. The other day this kind of came up on Facebook. So now that we, the fans... You know, supposedly control the product, which we all know is fucking bullshit. <laughs> but now that we have say, does that mean we can, like, you know, if, if we, like, make an online petition to, like, you know, turn WrestleMania into a yearly CZW-style deathmatch-centric pay-per-view? They have to do they it. They have to do it? They have to. Does that mean that, you know, we can, like, if we, 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 start, if we start a grassroots movement to get Chris Benoit... <laughs> murder and, and, you know, legendary technician extraordinaire into the fucking Hall of Fame... <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it, it, it's it's. I mean, it's cool. Okay, look, I think Raw's been better recently. I'm not and SmackDown. I do. The think, last few weeks have been bearable. I mean, there are things I'm seeing that are honestly signs of positivity. I mean, you know, sanity getting screen time. Tag teams in general getting screen time. Yeah, I mean, Anderson and Gallows, Jordan had never heard of them. I know, and these guys came in with so much fucking press when they first joined the company a couple years ago, and then after the AJ Styles thing ended. They just were left up to fucking die. Did you see the thing they made where uh, it shows Titus O'Neil sliding under the ring at Greatest yes. Royal Rumble, and then under there is yeah. R-Truth and Anderson's and, and Gallows, and they're like, what are you doing? Telling ghost stories. Telling ghost stories. Have you seen Hornswoggle? No. no I haven't seen him. No. All right, bye. <laughs> if you ever checked out the new, the new botch, well, then it'd be basically ripped off Botchamania. Poor Matthew. But, yeah, but they gave, you know, of course, but they can't, we can't really bitch, though, because it's given, you know, the, 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 the good brothers are the hosts, you know? So it's like, you know, we'll steal this, we'll steal this, but we're going to make it 
worth their while smarks because we're going to fucking... Let's be honest, too. The people that are watching Botchamania aren't going to suddenly stop watching Botchamania. No, they're not. They're not. It's, 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 I mean, yeah, exactly. And keep in mind, WB will never... I mean, they'll, I'm sure there are things they won't let... This is basically a reboot of Are You Serious? Yeah, kind of. Just maybe better? I mean, you don't have to listen to Josh Matthews. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. How many episodes till Puppet H comes back? Dude, that was such a great character. I, was I mean, so... that was better than Triple H. <laughs> that show still... I mean, Josh Matthews can go fuck himself, but that show should still... I don't know why they haven't brought that show back. For that. I mean, I know there was a while there where they cut off all funding to new projects. That's why they, you know, it took them a year and a half to get New Edge and Christian season, which cool. is awesome, by the way. Yes. But... But uh, I'm hoping now that they're actually putting money back into making original content that they'll actually get something like that going. Because I would love to see like something like that, like the MST3K with wrestling and oh Puppet H. Oh my god, H. yes. I mean, just just give me a show with like Road Dog stuck in a basement with Puppet H and Puppet McMahon. And I don't even need like clips. Watch a full pay-per-view and riff it. Mm-hmm. Like, there is stuff that... There, there, there have been... Sh- watch 2000's WCW pay-per-views yeah, and watch, riff them. Just watch an episode of Nitro from 2000. <laughs> Okay, or no, you're better. Watch, watch an episode of Raw from last year. <laughs> Coming with the heat. You know, honestly, there, I mean, there have been times that I feel like an episode of Vince Russo book Nitro was actually more entertaining than an episode of Raw well, in this past year. Like we mentioned a few weeks ago on the podcast when uh, Russo was like, you've got you to gotta listen to your fans. You're, you're doing them a disservice. These people have given you years of their life. God damn it, you've made Vince Russo write about something. <laughs> Which is... Which is incredible. I mean, <laughs> I never ever, 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 ever see that. But it's what it is. You know, I mean, we will about Vince Russo, but the guy knew how to make, you know, a fun fucking show. So, I mean, it was stupid. It was idiotic at times. I mean, you'd have more plot twists in a fucking 30 minutes, you know, 30 minutes of airtime than you'd have in two months of any other wrestling show ever. But hey, it was entertaining. You know, I mean, better than watching a 30-minute Baron Corbin match. Maybe he was before his time because he just, you know, he booked David Arquette for a world championship run just way too early. Yeah, yes, way, way, far too early. Decades. Far too early. You know, the thing about Russo is that, you know, I mean, even the most strident Russo hater, and trust me, I'm no fan. I mean, I think he's an idiot. But at the same time, when he was given proper filtration... You know, like a like, the, like the, his stuff in WWE was, was most really... of it was very good. I mean, and that's that's because he had you know Vince McMahon, Jim Cornette, Jerry Briscoe, and like Jr. Eight, Jr. and eight other pe- people who tell him no, that's fucking stupid. We're not fucking doing it. You know, and then occasionally they pull out something that was awesome and it would work. But then you know that's the problem with everything he's done since. And he hasn't had that. Yeah, he, he hasn't um... had that. Kind of filtration filter. Well, filter. And he'll never get another job re- re- booking wrestling again. No, no, he won't. He won't. I mean, I would love to see just Roosevelt get his own. I guess right for a while he did have his own promotion. I don't know if you knew about this. Yeah, for a while there, and like when I was in the early two thousands. Oh, something. was it that he had some? He had some XWF or something like. No, that? he had some. It was basically it was a Christian based wrestling promotion. Yeah, Vince Russo went through a born again Christian phase. He's, yeah, um, and he had a wrestling with regret actually covered that. Yeah, and yeah. he had an indie promotion which he was a hundred percent sole booker, and it was basically. But my thing is, though, dude, why are you gonna have a fucking Christian wrestling promotion and you're the king of fucking sleaze TV? <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. Yeah, Russo wouldn't know how to write family friendly fucking programming to save his life. Or just won't be interesting. You know, I mean, I'd be fine. I mean, I, I would. I mean, I'm now sorry, we're Christian wrestling just sounds so vanilla. It is. I mean, it's not. It's just not something that. I mean, 
I mean, I think DiBiase said, Ted DiBiase tried something similar. I think that's what you're thinking about, the XWF thing or whatever it was. It was right after WCW folded. Yeah, that was Ted DiBiase did something similar in the early 2000s where it was a Christian-based, you know, but very they, I mean, G-rated. they had Conan. They had, they had basically guys, yeah. all the guys that went to TNA yeah, were exactly. there. Exactly. It was just it was just a bad time for wrestling. You know, whereas right now, if you fucking, you know, anyone can get pretty much a wrestling promotion nowadays and make it successful because of YouTube and all other kind of modes of, you Yeah, know, well, the internet, this is the renaissance. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, AEW is now official. Yes, which, you know, which, which means that smart penises are hard everywhere last night. And they have Shad Khan's money backing them. He is, is more huge. rich than Vince McMahon. And dude, that's fucking like I don't think people really realize. I mean, if, I mean, people have asked for years and years for a new Ted Turner to get back into the business and make an alternative promotion. Well, there you have it. You have him. His name's Shad Khan. Let's just hope he doesn't put himself into the booking and just lets Cody and everybody handle that. Well, and I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if you watched Raw last night, but Dolph Ziggler was written out of storylines. And his well, contract has supposedly expired. How many times have we heard Dolph Ziggler is leaving? I mean, yeah, that's a thing. That's how, when when we started the podcast, he wasn't around. And when he came back, it was right before that, it was, is he coming back? No, he's going to ROH. Which, by the way, I think he would be fucking amazing he in New be. Japan. Yeah, he would be. Well, here's the thing with Dolph is that up until this point, I feel like there really hasn't been a real strong alternative that maybe he was into. You know, I mean, I mean, not everyone wants to work in Japan. You know, some guys just want to work in the states and maybe occasionally work in Japan, but not work there full time. I can't even that. You know, so maybe now, you know, so maybe now that AEW is a thing that Impact's kind of getting their shit together. Maybe he wants to try something. Maybe he's finally willing to try something else. I never really liked Dolph, but I wouldn't be mad if Dolph was your inaugural AEW champion. Yeah, he'd be because that would be perfect. really sticking it to Vince McMahon right off the fucking bat. Well, I feel like yeah, I feel like Dolph is the kind of guy <laughs> who would be perfect for that because yeah, he's the example of a guy who should be one of the top stars in the WWE right fucking now, but he's been just repeatedly fucked over so many times that he, you know, that's like I'm, I'm just surprised he still has any heat. After all this time. Well, I mean, like, yeah, I thought they had something yeah. going with him and Drew, mm-hmm. but that is turned into nothing. I mean, not nothing in the Drew McIntyre Well, I got sense. Drew. Well, it was, it was made for Drew. I mean, this, and that's what it was the whole time. We knew that. that this whole Dolph Ziggler-Drew McIntyre thing was just to reintroduce Drew McIntyre to the main roster and to get him over. And they've is, done that. Which is cool, because I like Drew. I've always liked Drew. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hearing mumblings that he might be getting, you know... The push that really Braun Strowman probably should have gotten a year ago, yeah, but I, I just hope they haven't completely fucked Braun. And see, they have. And see, they have. There's only too many times I feel like where you have a chance to, when a guy is just clicking on all cylinders and the fans are getting behind it and he's getting just. I mean, I, there were times when I was seeing just people just in streets, like random like little girls like wearing, not, you know, like teenage girls wearing Braun Strowman shirts. You know, well, that, I mean, I'm sure putting him with Alexa Bliss for a while didn't uh, didn't, didn't hurt, hurt that. No, no, they were no, they were building him up like gangbusters, and then they just every single time he had a chance to pull the trigger, they didn't do it, and it's too late. Well, because of the Roman obsession, it was, and it was because of the Roman obsession, and that's you know, and that's what it was. It was just built. He became just a basically just a guy, kind of like how Undertaker back in the '90s had his guys who would feud for a little while just to get him over. That was what he was to them. He never. They never. I don't think they ever expected him to become as big as he did. Well, and now it's too fucking late. I mean, look at like, Vince 
had to completely destroy Rusev Day to get to the point where we end the year with Rusev holding a title. Yes. Just, like, why do you take something that your fans already fucking like, utterly destroy it, and then go, now we'll give him the title? Don't you like him still? Well, and it's like, another perfect example is Apollo Crews. Or, yeah, Crews, yeah. I mean, the guy, last week, he got an icy title match with Dolph, with, with Dean Ambrose, and it, people were chanting, boring CM Punk, and I was so disappointed in that, because if you remember when he first came to NXT a couple years ago, he was getting... You know, he had so much heat. He had so much going behind him. And then he comes up to the main roster, and they just shit the bed. They just, just buried him Coco Beware style for, like, a full... Like, we'll have this we'll have this smiley, flippy black guy on the, on the fucking show, but we're just going to bury him every fucking show. We're just going to have him job every fucking show. And I'm sorry to tell you, you can only do that for so long before a guy loses any credibility with the non-smarks. Do they have a single African-American on the roster right now, male, that isn't being booked as a comedy act? Um... I mean, Shelton Benjamin is brilliant TV. I mean, but I mean, look at what they—Lashley showing his ass to the crowd every week, and uh, I thought Leo Rush was going to be so good for him, and it's just been—he's irritating. It at least he stopped the Lashley chants, but he still—it just turned into nothing. And then Titus O'Neil's a joke. Granted, Titus O'Neil—he's fine with it. He's—he's—he's—he he's, 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 is a comedy act. He but, is a comedy act. That's Bobby Lashley should never be booked as a comedy act. Well, that's the thing about Lashley is that when he came, when he was on Impact Wrestling, he came in, we're like, this guy's been booked so fucking well, he's gotten so much better, this guy should immediately be put into a program with, like, Brock Lesnar. And supposedly that was the initial thought, but for some reason they just abandoned it. And they've, they've given him nothing. And they gave him nothing, and he's just... <laughs> Just, just flexing and showing his butthole all fucking able. Leo just Rush presenting his ass to well, the crowd. Well, well, Leo Rush fondles his balls in front of all of us and fucking you know and takes curb stomps from white men. We're talking about like literally one of the two most legitimately scary people in the WWE roster. Brock, Brock and then Bobby Lashley because Bobby Lashley's got a better MMA record than Brock yes, by far. Well, and that's the thing. The sad part of Lashley is that you know there was always you know the thought that had Lashley not left back when he did back in the day, he was probably in line to be the first black WWE champion. I just don't believe it would have happened. I, I mean, Vince had a boner with for, for that guy. He had a, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. Vince loves big sweaty men, and that is exactly what Bobby Lashley is. I mean, he supposedly is, Vince also had a boner for Big E too. Well, I keep hearing Big E's name brought up for, like, possible uh, title runs in 2019, but, I I mean... Well, Vince loves him. Vince has always loved him. I mean, there's always been a long-standing rumor that's been, I guess, collaborated by a couple different people in decent spots, and that would be who would probably know this case, is that Vince wanted to give the Roman Reigns push to Big E. And, but it was Triple H who talked him out of it because he thought Roman was, you know, just more marketable, which, you know, so we will with Triple H. But, you know... I mean, and that's, you know, that's all, you know, who knows. But the thing is that, I mean... Uh, see, I feel like Roman could have been more marketable. He, he, yeah, if you I didn't agree. shove him down the people's throats for the whole year. And then they go and... Did you see the WWE named Lesnar and Reigns their feud of the year? Uh, of course they did. Of course they did. Because they, they want... They so desperately <laughs> want to make... It's, it's like the new Cena versus Orton. They so desperately want to make that the new great rivalry in WWE history and... But it's the, gotta be organic. But the sad part, though, is that kids who grew up during the last 10, 14 years do pretty much think that was an important rivalry because they they had no frame of reference. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, like if you're like a little, now we're old, dude. I mean, now, 
I mean, if you, I show them Stone Cold and Kurt Angle. That's true, but they didn't grow up with it though. Yeah. I mean, unless I mean, if you're if you're a five year old or six year old boy who grew up strictly during the Cena era, I mean, Cena's the shit to you. Just like Stone Cold was the shit to us when we were kids. Just like Hulk Hogan was the shit to the generation before us. By the way, why just like to go off topic for just a second? Why did Cena age so fucking much this year? Because he grew hair. Yeah. I mean, god damn, he looks just. 50 all of a sudden. Yeah, PC grew hair for the first time, like, ever. And now he, now we're like, oh, okay, so that's why he kept his hair, like, bald. <laughs> he looks like a total goof with his fucking hair. But I'm happy that he's got his acting career going. The thing I'm not happy about is WWE is, ba- is basically confirmed through Meltzer, which, you know, take it for what it is, that they will now be referring to John Cena as the GOAT. You know, and the thing about that is that, you know, again, that goes back to the idea of that to the previous generation, he might be there. But also keep in mind, dude, that, you know, in the early 2000s, uh, they were referring to Steve Austin as the greatest WWE champion of all time. Back when Bret Hart was the top guy, they were referring to him as the best there is, best there was, best there will be. Back when Hogan was the guy, he was the greatest ever. It's just what Vince does. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's... And that's the other thing. We're talking about the new generation not knowing the old stuff. But we took the time to fucking go back and learn the old stuff. Yeah. We know who the fuck Bruno San Martino is. Yeah. Well, also a thing, keep in mind about that, is when we were and kids... And they have it more accessible yeah, than we they did. Yeah, they do. They really do. That's the thing. You can go... You can pretty much see it anywhere. But also the thing is that it's kind of bugged me about that being in the last decade or so is that Vince is so afraid of being seen as old that he never references its history. Like, when I was a kid, I remember they'd have these specials, like, you know, best of SummerSlam, best of WrestleMania. Bringing yeah. out... Uh, the all the biggest stars from the territories when you're in that territory and giving and honoring them at the pay per view. Yeah, well, I remember like like ninety, I think it was ninety seven or ninety eight. They had like in the height of the Attitude Era, they had a like an hour long special where they showed like these best of SummerSlam matches with guys who were all in WCW at the time. And it, you know it was like it, you know, it might seem like what the fuck you're doing, but at the same time it was them building their history. Yeah, they were history. showing that you know, and that's to me is something that WWE has. I hate that they've just gone away from that so much. I think Triple H will bring that back. But I think Triple H is a guy who does appreciate the history of the business. I think you have to. But I think Vince just hates to be seen as old. Well, let me tell you, he looks like hell lately. Like, he's he's deaf in car. He's, he's Al Davis. I mean, he's buff Al Davis. I gotta say, I have one problem when he came back. And that's how everybody online shits on Vince. But then when his music hits... They get boners. They all fucking cheer. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, if I was there and Vince's music hit, I would be booing like crazy. The only one I would cheer for is Shane because I just I, oh, I, got you. I have a I have a soft spot for Shane McMahon. Well, here's the thing too is that I mean there I've seen times like I'm a, I mean there I forget which where one was it was at the height of the Roman Reigns you know shit show and <laughs> Vince comes out and they start chanting to his face Roman sucks. See that, is... and but I think it depends on where they are. You know, I mean, if they have a show in like Chicago, they're smarter. They're fans. gonna shit all. They will fucking crucify Vince in the middle of his own fucking ring. Okay, but if they do it like in Bristol, in Bristol, or like you know, like Milwaukee, maybe. Well, not Milwaukee's kind of smarky. So I mean, but like you know, some of these areas that aren't like L.A., like L.A. for example. If you have a show in L.A., that's not really a smarky place. No. Okay, you mean so? No, they, we all we all cheered like crazy at NXT for every single thing that happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, like, it really depends where you are. Like, if, if like if this reboot had happened like in a smart town, like 
he might very well have seen McMahon's head removed from his body and placed on a fucking. I think San Diego would probably be just a, a, a very cheery, neutral they, crowd. They are. And that's, that's San Diego is. I mean, and that's, you're right. That's, We're neutral about everything. We're neutral about everything. <laughs> neutral about our weather, neutral, you know, neutral about you our know, sports, sports franchises, franchises <laughs> our politics, everything. <laughs> It, it really is. I mean, people think San Diego is so fucking blue, but it's uh, it's very purple. It's very purple. Yeah, it's very it's purple. Very, very purple. And by purple, I mean no one gives a fucking shit unless, you know, unless it's a, it's a hey, presidential election. When you drive them back roads in Lakeside up to Poway, like I do, you mm. see a whole lot of Trump flags. Yeah. yeah. A whole lot of Trump flags. The South! The Southern the, States! Well, I mean, for those that don't live in San Diego, Lakeside is the south of San Diego, yeah. even though it's deep in the east. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's not as bad as it used to be, though. I no. Mean, well, I mean... I, mean, when I live here, I haven't been hung yet, so... When David first moved here, he was shown the Culture of Hate documentary that was made about Lakeside, which painted Lakeside in a fucking awful light. Yeah. I was told straight up by a black minister... <laughs> In 2002, not to go to Lakeside past, past nighttime. And, yeah. this is, and this is a completely different topic, but it's just, it's just funny. <laughs> no, and we, uh, you, you, you'll start to hear more about uh, our our history in San Diego more in another podcast. David and I have coming little tease, little yeah. little tease there, it's a little tease in the butthole there. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, David, real quick, let's run down this. Who would you say is your top male wrestler of 2018? Kenny Omega. That, even that was across the board. All of us said that. Best female wrestler? Mm, it's a little harder. Let me think. Fucking best female wrestler. I mean, and this is going to really suck to admit this, but Ronda Rousey. She did have a big year. I mean, she... I mean, I, again, I I I am I, I don't watch. I mean, and this is gonna piss off one of our people who added us on Facebook. I don't really watch Shimmer a whole lot. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't really watch all female wrestling shows. I'm just that's not my deal. But I, it, it's but I mean, as far as what I've seen this year, I mean, Ronda Rousey. She, I mean, whether or not all our matches were highly highly planned out ahead of time, I think they were to begin with. But she executes. She executes what she. I mean, mean, look at what she got out of two matches with Nia, Nia Jax. I know. I mean, she, she. I mean, she. I mean, yeah, she's being the monster push, but it's not she's having boring matches. She's having no. really impressive matches. Honestly, when she first got the belt, you heard us complaining about it, mm-hmm. and that went away very quickly because yeah. she's she's handled it well. She's fine. I mean, I, I can't. You know, I mean, it's what it is, but I can't even argue because she's likable. I yeah. mean. And I, I have heard mumblings that they're already, they're already kind of bracing internally for her to leave because Ronda is known as a person who kind of does something for a little while and then she moves on. You know, she had UFC for a while, moved on. Did She's Holland already for a while, talking moved on, on her website about, uh, you know, I can't do this forever. Yeah. You've been doing this for six months. For six months. <laughs> For six fucking months, I know. And that's another, you know, that starts to bother me because of the people that put their fucking life into this. Yeah, exactly. And have people like Sasha Banks and Bailey who dedicate their whole fucking lives to this, and they're still not getting used the way they should be in the main roster, despite the fact. Oh, that's another fucking issue I gotta touch on real quick. The whole Nia Jax going on Twitter and making a stink about oh, what? You, real quick, do you know exactly what she said? Uh, she's basically it was a picture of a bunch of of Charlotte, the Iconics, 
all, and she basically said, we here too, referencing the fact that there were no people of color in the photo. You know, and that was maybe blown yeah. up a little bit here, but at the same time... It's a deeper issue. Nia, dude, she's... I mean, if that was coming from Naomi, or fucking Ember Moon, who just been like... I mean, Ember Moon... Should've I mean, got pushed to the moon. She should've been pushed <laughs> to the moon already. Okay? She's, Naomi, she's gotten some pushes, which is good for her, but it's just like... And that's the... I've gotten a couple arguments about this on Facebook over the last couple of days since this happened. I'm like, you know, of all the people that bitch about this, Nia Jax should not be bitching about people of color getting opportunities in the WWE. Because she's been given every opportunity to succeed, and she only got over as a heel because she broke back and just fucking nose. And the only reason she's gotten those opportunities is her family. It's, yeah, again, and yeah, and, and that's what I mean. Like, again, if this was Naomi or Sasha or someone who busted their ass and, and can actually work and actually cut a promo and actually sell merchandise and actually get decent pops making not this just argument, getting go and not, home just, heat. not just getting go-to-fuck-home heats, then I'd be told, yeah, fuck yeah, you're right. But Nia Jax, of all fucking people, needs to piss the fuck off. Because the only reason she's where the fuck she is right now is because of who her cousin is. And her uncle? And because she's a 400-pound woman. And well, Vince has a, has a fetish for that. I'd rather have Karma than her if we're going to have a big woman. in you know. Well, and Karma fucked that up herself. But, yeah, I mean, well, and she's doing just fine as Welfare is, Queen. Yeah, I, I love Glow. That's what she does now. She's, she's, she's Welfare Queen. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I I mean, you know me as a, as a straight white male. <laughs> I am not going to tread in this water very much. But I feel like everything you said is correct. I just feel like people went a little overboard and blew her statement out of proportion. And that's true. You know, I think the problem is that, again, it was because of who made the statement. Yeah, but I mean, it, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, what, what it was, it really, I mean, what she said, yes, you're right. There should have been at least one person of color probably in that photo. And that does speak to a larger issue that has been brought up lately is that of this whole women's revolution, the girls that have been pushed the most are white women, specifically well, also blonde didn't white women. S- yeah, well, that's why Lacey Evans is about to get a fucking big push. Yes. Just take it to the bank. As long as you have big Oh, and Mandy blonde, Rose is guaranteed oh, she's going to, to be the next SmackDown Women's Champion, in my opinion. And you know what? I can't even argue that because she's very... I mean, she has it. I mean, she's she, exactly what Vince wants. She's exactly what... But she's exactly what people want. I mean, uh, she's very... I mean, she... She does what she does. She's, I prefer she's, Becky personally. No, Becky's awesome. And Becky I really was hope, my pick for Woman of the Year. Well, I would love to see a Becky Mandy feud. Yeah, know, I mean that could really legitimize Mandy Rose. I mean Mandy Rose, yeah. Because Becky is the person that the fans wanted, who was getting shit on by management because she didn't have the look or sound that management wanted. Whereas Mandy is the person who the fans are like, eh, on, but management gets boner off of because she has everything they want. It's almost like the Rock Steve Austin feud all over again, right? It's, you know, and that, I think, could have a lot of potential if done right. By the way, how do you feel about the way Corey Graves has been perving on Mandy? Because I feel like <laughs> it's not even, like, it makes Jerry Jerry Lawler look tasteful. Because <laughs> Lawler was just, like, goofy as fuck about it. Why are you sticking your whole paw in the... Whatever, cat. Oh, anyway. Um... Moving on, real quick, I would say my only honorable mention for Women of the Year outside of WWE would be Tessa Blanchard. She did have oh, yeah, Tessa. a Tessa's, fucking huge year. And Tessa, again, I just, you know, I was watching Impact for a while there, so I had PlayStation View, and it's a streaming service, and they keep raising their prices. And for, for half the year, I had 
pop TV and I was able to watch Impact. Right. You know, after it started getting good, I started watching. But then suddenly they changed the packaging and they raised the price for you know the package that popped about like twenty bucks. And I'm like, no, fuck you. That's you know? why you got to get that Pluto TV, man. It's I do, I do. And that's internet. I mean, sorry, Impact and AAA Lucha. 24-7 channels. Which is awesome. And yeah, Tessa Blanchard actually is awesome, and I think... Uh, She's held, like, four different women's titles this year, and she had a barn burner of a match with Brian fucking Cage. Yes. Tessa Blanchard is fucking awesome, and I was curious also as to why she was not in the WWE. And from what I understand, uh, the issue was something along the lines of she went in there thinking she was the shit because of who she was, and that got her. I would. I'm yards. not at all surprised. That makes Tessa's sense. got an attitude that is so obviously not a character. Yeah, it's just who she is. Kind of Teddy Hart, you know. But I'm like Teddy Hart. I. She's a fantastic. I hope she will eventually find her way to the WWE because I think that's someone of her talents. I think it should be done the way here. Ricochet did it. Yeah. Dominate everywhere and then, and then yeah. go, I have nothing else to prove. And then, yeah, I could see that. Because, I mean, I mean, she's Tessa fucking Blanchard, you know? Her dad this was... Magnum, I mean, her stepdad's Magnum TA, her father is Tully Blanchard, like, good Tully, God. Yeah, I mean, Tully fucking Blanchard. I mean, we're talking about one of the greatest technicians to ever fucking wrestle. I mean, this guy, if you haven't seen his match with Magnum TA, which I'm thinking I showed you that match. I mean, this match, his cage match, was just the bloodiest, most violent thing you've ever seen in your fucking life. How weird must it be for Tessa to watch that match? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a match where, where her dad's bleeding a gush <coughs> and it ends with fucking Magnum T.A. jamming a fucking spiked piece of wood into his, into his bleeding, gushing head while he screams and begs for mercy and quits. If, if you're a child of divorce and you've wanted to see your father and your stepfather just beat the shit out of each other... Tessa gets to live that. Yes. yes. <laughs> if you haven't checked that out, do it. Highly suggest watch. It's probably the best. I mean, there have been a lot of I quit matches. I mean, obviously Rock and Foley, but that, it's good. but I mean, I'd say that Magnum and Tully is probably. I mean, if if you want to say one is one, put the oh, match on the on that put that match type on the map. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's like yeah, exactly, exactly. Put it's the, match the type quintessential on the map. I, quit I quit match. match. I mean, it is the most. I mean. It is fucking brutal. And I think it's set the standard for what those matches need to be. I love it. And that's that. why all the fucking ones since then have been shit. I mean, not not since, I'm sorry. Okay, there have been great, you know, the Foley Rock. There have been great ones, but in recent times. The Foley Rock one, I love not just for the brutality, but the, the innovative story. ending yeah. to yeah. it. And the the false I Quit recording yeah. thing. It was yeah, great. No, they, I mean, there have been great ones, but I see like the I Quit match, like the last man standing match, they don't work in the modern WWE because... They need blood. They need violence. It needs to be gratuitous. Right. You know, that was my point, was that they're having good I Quit matches since then, but they need to have a level of gratuitous violence that the WWE just isn't comfortable with right I was going to say, that's a match type that's probably not going to be seen in the WWE again for a long time. It's, well, they, I'm sure they could do it, but it shouldn't be, just because it just Unless... it, needs, it needs a level of just violence. It just or it doesn't work for any... It's like, it's like, I don't think it's like about Hell in a Cell. Nowadays, is that I mean, it's, Hell in a Cell's and Elimination Chambers are boring as hell now. Well, Hell in a Cell, I mean, the first three or four Hell in a Cell matches were so just, they raised the level of violence in the in the WWE at that time, and mainstream wrestling at that time, to a whole other level. Well, Mick Foley, we literally thought he was dead. Well, I mean, even the first match was <laughs> Shawn and Undertaker. I mean, Shawn bled everywhere. I mean, it was, it was violent as fucking shit. I'll but, never, I still, as soon as you mention it, I have the clip in my head of, of Sean getting just thrown into the fucking cage by yeah, Undertaker. Was, I mean, and that's the thing is you can't now backtrack and have all these clean PG, 
you know, a fucking Hell in a Cell match is when we were raised, you know, when when we keep when we keep showing old footage of Mick Foley being thrown off the top of the goddamn cage, you know. <coughs> it's like <coughs> if it's not going to be violent, what is the point of the match being in a cage? Yeah, well, exactly, and it's like I remember a couple of years ago when they were going to do the Dean Seth Hell in a Cell match, and they had Mick Foley involved in the promotion of that. But and I, and I kept going back to footage and talking about Mick's Hell in a Cell match, and it's like so basically you're, all you're, you're building doing this is, up. All you're doing is you're reminding us of how violent those matches were and were supposed to be, and how not violent it's this one's going to be. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, the uh, War Games two match. It. It wasn't extremely violent, but you have so much high-flying, crazy moves that it, it worked. Mm-hmm. But it seems like Hell in a Cell matches are just, once again, vanilla. Yeah, well, they yeah, are. It's, it's just, just, and I think that's also part of the problem that they shouldn't have. It should be a yearly thing. I mean, I could It see, shouldn't be a pay-per-view. I mean, I could see the idea. I mean, War Games used to be a yearly thing for WCW. You know, and that's... I get, I get that argument. But at and the same time... One, one a year. One a year. One a year. One a year. I feel like that should be... The the Hell in a Cell should be saved for fucking blood feuds. Yeah, exactly. Not just, oh, well, these guys are feuding right now, so get like, give me the Hell in a Cell, guys. Like Seth and fucking uh, Dean. Dean should have been. Uh, yeah, that made sense. Or like Kevin and Sammy. Yes. You know? Yes. But like, but also I think that, I feel like if you're going to do it once a year, then you should allow the guys involved in it to have a level of creative freedom to bleed once a year. It's, to, I mean, if, it, if it's on the pay-per-view, you should be able to... Well, yeah, and, and I get they want to you know, keep the sponsors happy and all, but it's once a fucking year. Put out a fucking edited version of the pay-per-view that's uh, for younger audiences and yeah. then give us an uncensored version. Yeah, I mean, it's just... it's just. It's and I own... guarantee you the uncensored version will get a higher viewership. And it's your own fucking network. You can do whatever it's you want. It's your own goddamn fucking network. I mean, I think it's okay for once a year to have a match that is just, okay, guys, once a year, it's going to be gratuitously violent. And I get there are other issues why they don't bleed anymore. You know, there's the whole Bob Orton fucking bleeding and Undertaker Pepsi bleeding and MC deal. And it's more than just sponsors, okay? But at the same time, it's like, I mean, once a year I think it's okay as long I as mean, everyone's cool with it. Make sure that they don't have any major blood-borne diseases. Diseases, yeah, there we go. No hey. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Um, so continuing on with the template, which we've gone yes. so far away from. <laughs> This is why we miss you on the podcast, by yes, the way. Yes, I have lots of rants that I need uh, to catch up on. This is going to be a fun one for me to hear you answer. Biggest breakout star of 2018. Hmm. A guy who really put himself, or woman who really put themselves on the map for the year. Oh, God. See, this is the thing is that really depends on your idea of putting yourself on the map. Because we could say a guy like, I don't know, we could say a guy like Ricochet. We all knew who the fuck he was. You know, Smarks. But to mainstream and larger audiences and that it be, they don't know who the fuck he is. Right. Well, I, I mean, I mean, so really, you could technically say that, you know, it could be someone like. But yeah. I'm gonna say it's Mustafa Ali. Mustafa, that's a great answer. But my answer is, I mean, I, because I, I said mean, Pentagon Junior. Personally. Pentagon Junior is awesome too. But Mustafa Ali, I mean, this guy, I mean, he he pretty much either him or Buddy Murphy. I mean, they pretty much kept they made two hundred five live relevant again. And Ali was able to. Jump from 205 Live to matches with the fucking champion that are have been fucking really good to a point. And I really think we're going to see Mustafa Ali against Daniel Bryan at Rumble. 
But, I, I mean, he's, I mean why else are you building with Brian attacking Ali in the back? Like, I have a feeling it'll be a three-way uh-huh. with AJ and Brian, and That'd obviously, obviously, Brian's gonna fucking go over because you don't just put the belt back on AJ, and mm-hmm. you definitely. I love Ali. And I love that he's in that spot, but you don't put that belt on him yet. Please. No, also, I'll point out that I'm actually happy that now they're letting 205 Live guys wrestle with the main guys and actually look decent because I think that was the problem with the initial liftoff of the division was that you put these guys in their own little segment of the show with purple ring ropes, and it's like, no, back in WCW, it worked because these guys, you'd see Rey Mysterio wrestle Psychosis one week, and then he'd wrestle like, you know, a guy like Regal the next week. Right. You know, so it's like these guys aren't a lower tier of performer. They're just smaller guys. They and just they can hold their own. work really well with bigger guys they because can. you get the psychology of this. It just it, they can tell a fucking story. They can, you and know. It's... And that's, that's I'm glad. That's one of the things I'm hoping they continue more of. He's Buddy Murphy. I mean, I, I keep I can't sing this guy's praises enough. This guy is fucking guy's a fantastic. all world. Performer. So is Cedric Al. I mean, I love the guys from 205 Live. I do, They're yeah. really fantastic. Buddy Murphy, I never th- thought that coming from him. But, dude, he is, he is, I think he's special, dude. I mean, yeah. he's not going to be the next Shawn Michaels or any shit like that. But he's he's definitely a guy who I think can be a major player for years that's, to come. That's Adam Cole, everybody. Tiny Shawn Michaels. <laughs> that is Adam Cole. Adam Cole is tiny Shawn Michaels. He looks like him, too. Like, And Vince has taken note of that. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> yes. Adam Cole. Adam Cole, baby. With large, large wiener. Do you see that video of Adam Cole getting uh, accosted by a family on the side of the street? Yes, and they're just... Oh, it was fantastic. The kids are so happy, and he's just like, oh, yeah. It's like, that's, that's so cool to see it's a, a little... genuine like, guy. Yeah, and, and it's cool to see little kids loving Adam Cole so much. Because that's not typically someone that WWE thinks is marketable to little kids. Yeah, not, not John Cena. Not, not John Cena, not Roman Reigns, but Adam fucking Cole. And that's so cool to see. It gives me hope. If I had kids right now, I would prefer to show them NXT on a weekly basis yeah. than, than SmackDown or Raw. Yeah. Uh, Jordan now has started to pay attention and is really loving NXT. Well, you know, recently I've actually been gone back and just watching a lot of old Raws from like 95 and stuff, and... And, you know, say you open 95 and that'd be happy it was not a good year. <laughs> but when you watch an episode of NXT, I feel like you get more in the shorter time period because they only have so much time a week. So instead of giving us, you know, one hour maybe good TV and two hours of shit, you give us three pretty solid matches or at least if nothing else, one really good match and two matches that get the point across. You know, so you might have a match where you have like, I don't know, like you have, uh, we'll say Lars Sullivan beat the shit out of somebody. You know, it may not be a great match, but it gets the point across, you know. They did that with the guy that just debuted. I can't even think of how to pronounce his name. It's like oh, Djokovic that, or whatever. Yeah, I, know you're I don't, I can't They had him either. come out and squash somebody last week, and you know what? It got the point across. It wasn't a fucking SmackDown or Raw squash where it's like, oh, here's two established guys and one's and being chosen to job. Yeah, and that's something I hope they, I hope they go back to from the Braun buildup was that he... For the first two or three months, two months of the streak, he has squashed nothing but jobbers. It's I, not even known guys. That's what Goldberg like, did to open up his that's, fucking career. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I think as long as they're really, strong, I mean, there was a time there when the Brand Extension first came back that they did try to experiment with bringing back squash matches, and the fans kind of shat on it. But the thing is that you know, don't do more than one show, okay? And when you do it, make it as quick and painless as possible, you know, quick as possible. Like you know? Riddle and Ono. 
at NXT TakeOver, even though I don't really want yeah, to I see like him. Oh, no. Well. But like that, though. I get, yeah, exactly like that. You know, it's quick, it gets the point across, and it builds up your guy make, without Matt making... Matt Riddle look that much better. Yeah, without making, like, R-Truth look like shit, or, like, Apollo look like shit, or, like, fucking, you know, X amount of other guys who should, you know, be featured better than what they are, just being jobbed out like Barry Horwitz. Well, Andrade seeing almost. Yeah. He's yeah. become, I, I keep saying it on this podcast, jobber to the stars at this point. Yeah, and that's going to hurt him because it, it's, it's the Apollo Crews effect. Again, I keep going back to him because he's a guy who came in with so much buzz and has so much talent, but they, well, we have no one else to make, you know, ex-new star look good against, so let's put him against Apollo Crews. And yes. after a while, it kills any credibility the guy has. That's the thing. There are indie wrestlers in every single fucking t- town you go to yes. that are willing to go on TV and job out for a $1,000 paycheck. Yes, I understand why they feel the need to, you know, or fuck, I mean, you got, I mean, you have Kurt Hawkins, you have Zach fucking Zach Ryder made it. He made it through all of 2018 on the Raw roster, 100% healthy, and didn't have a match. And at that point... It's like, you know, just make him the new Barry Horowitz. Just make him the new Jerry Flynn. I mean, that's I'm a, sure he'd rather work and lose. I'd rather be on TV and lose every week than fucking nothing. I mean, he's clearly, if he cared about his his legacy in wrestling at this point, he would have left. Okay? I think he's just happy being in the WWE, where he's, he's a, he's a soft-made fanboy, and he's just making money. He's happy. So fine. So put him on TV and just drop him out every week. It's fine. But, you know, do something with him. Keep in mind, though, this was a guy that got himself over on the earlier days of the internet. Yes, and he paid for it severely. But he also had a career because of it. I mean, he... He's still there because of it, even though they crushed him. Yeah, he had a WrestleMania moment. Even though it was, you know, basically ended the very next day, he had the moment. That's more than a lot of guys in his... Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Kurt Hawkins will ever get. It's more than Billy Kidman ever got. Oh, God. It's more than fucking, you know, a lot of guys... Billy Kidman. More than, you know, more than a lot of guys ever get. So... I mean, uh, but, I mean, I'm cool with making a job or class, but then don't turn around and make them and try to make, push them later. Well, yeah, I mean, Jinder Mahal. He just, should be a jobber forever. That just guy, because he got on steroids, all of a sudden he got a fucking world title push that no one will ever remember. Dude, that guy was anything but a, yeah. I'm just glad that he's not being featured anymore, and I hope he remains that way. I'm just glad we never have to get another Punjabi prison match. <laughs> I felt like the entire ang- the entire Jinder Mahal thing was just an excuse to bring back the Punjabi prison for one more try. It's like, we can get this over, guys. Nobody can do it. We can. We can <coughs> we no one this- can see what's happening in the ring, but. We had this $100,000 structure made about a decade ago. <laughs> no one cared about it then. Let's try it. It's- we we-, we got to find a way to get this feature one more time. We got to. We can get this over, guys. We know we can do it. Yeah, I feel like they needed to use it one more time to, like, have it as a tax write off still yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. It's like, we- <laughs> like how. Uh, the Roger Corman fantasy, or Fantastic Four movie got yes. made. Yeah, where it was just like, we, we're going to lose the rights, so here's a million dollars, go make go, whatever you can make. Yeah, here, 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 Jinder Mahal, take this title, you've done nothing to earn it except roll it out. You know? <laughs> and so, just here you go, just fucking go out there, have a shit feud, have a Punjabi prison match, shit match, and, uh, you know, there we go. That was a fiasco. I hope I never By see By the way, worse than his wrestling is when you'd get a close-up shot of Jinder Mahal's legs, uh, and that fucking thick hair. Or his back. Yeah, oh, oh. He is a disgusting creature. He's a gross guy, and... Uh, and he can't even work! And can't talk. If he didn't have the Singh brothers, I mean, they're not even well, great, but... That- I mean, the guy, and you could say we will because he did his feud, his main feud while he was champion was against Shinsuke Nakamura, and now it's become painfully evident that 
Naka just something's up with him. Either he just he hasn't transitioned to the American style, or it's just he hasn't given a he shit. Sh- he should just go home. It just hasn't worked out. I mean, if you can have, I mean, his match with Seth Rollins and Survivor Series was, it was it was passable. But I mean, you're talking about a guy who Seth Rollins has been compared to the modern day Bret Hart. It's I mean, in this it's Shinsuke goddamn Nakamura. Even when I wasn't watching wrestling, I heard about him coming to WWE. Like, yeah, I don't know what it is, dude. It's just something was lost in translation. I mean, he had that first match with Sami Zayn and NXT. It was fucking incredible. My favorite matches ever, immediately. But after that, it was just average. He never had a match that was anywhere near that kind of quality again. And I don't know what the fuck happened. There's another guy that if you want to make a big splash with AEW and you want to stick it to McMahon, Science, fuck, if you could make Shinsuke Nakamura your inaugural AEW champion, yeah, good God. And I'm sure Kenny knows him, So I mean, because they work together. Yeah. And it, oh. I'm going to be curious to see if AEW is going to share talent with NJPW. They're going to have to. Because or if they're going to be, if they're going to sign, because if you haven't noticed, I mean, it sounds like they're doing exclusive contracts. I know that Cody's the only one that I heard is under contract right now, for Cody sure. Cody, and that's and maybe, yeah, Cody, that's pretty much it right now. Um, I have a feeling Trevor Lee is heading there. He just tweeted this morning that he's a free agent, and thank you, Impact Wrestling, and all that. Well, look, the entire <coughs> elite has to head over there. It's not going to fucking work. Huh? The entire elite has to head over there. It's not going to fucking work. Well, yeah, I mean, I everybody mean, but Skrull right now, because Skrull's still under contract until the mid- middle of the year. And I believe Kenny's still under contract with NJPW. I don't see why you would do exclusive, though. I mean, work with them. Because yeah, I mean, it can... At least in the beginning, you're not going to put a full roster together without some talent sharing. Yeah. But then at the same time, it goes back to the, you know, WWE, WCW idea that if you can see these guys other places, there'll be less of a reason for you to tune in and watch them there. I just don't, I don't think that is relevant in the current, like, internet wrestling age. Age. Like, I seek out Pentagon matches from everywhere. I seek out other, you know, Mm -hmm. Austin Aries matches from MLW, Impact... I want to see the guys that I like, and I don't yeah. care where they're wrestling. Yeah, that's true. And I will seek it out, and, you know, sometimes I'll end up staying and watching a lot of their shit, because I like it, you yeah. know? I'm not, I wasn't a big, I was never a John Morrison fan, but I enjoy him as Johnny, you know, insert Johnny name whatever. here. Johnny, Johnny shit face. Johnny, yeah. Johnny big tits. Johnny big tits, Johnny black crap, Johnny mm-hmm. vagina face, Johnny fucking tie of Valkyrie, Johnny the cuck, apparently. She's, like... I'm so on the fence about whether or not she's, she's actually attractive. hot. Uh, I don't know what you mean. Like, there'll be some pictures of her that are like, oh, damn, she's hot. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. yeah I, know, I, know, I know what you mean. Tessa Blanchard's the same way, though. I mean, she can be really photographed at a bad angle. And also, mm-hmm. like, That's... her hips are weird because she is, like, straight up and down. But then she's got an ass. So the thing I with her is it depends, again, like an angle. Because her chin is... She's got a big nose and she, a big chin. She needs that old China surgery. <laughs> the old China surgery to get that face... And I'm probably going to get melted for that, get in trouble for that. But, you know not, what? Not enough people listen to Not enough people to our show. You're right. <laughs> we're, 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 I'm going to suddenly get a get an angry... Three years from now, this is going to bite you in the ass. Get an angry tweet from Tessa Blanchard, which is going to start a Me Too movement and deal. But that's, that's, that's something different entirely. You can tell I only really came up with the whole social justice <coughs> trend shit. I don't really care, okay? Right, I grew David. up in Milwaukee, fucking Wisconsin in the 1990s. Okay? Clearly. <laughs> exactly. Clearly I don't care about... People's opinion, you know, about people's feelings. Right. 
Alright, we gotta take this home because I gotta get going here soon. Um, so we'll just sort of run through these. Your best heel um, for the year? Best heel of the year. Oh, that's kind of a harder one. Um, let's, let's, uh, yeah. Me and, me and Jason both independently chose Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, I mean, I could, I could, I could see that. Smart Life also chose Tommaso Ciampa. Well, then we're gonna go ahead and say Tommaso. Tomo- Ciampa. I mean, the guy, fuck. I mean, his, his, he, he's, he was super over for a while. I just, yeah, Tommaso Ciampa for a while, especially when he didn't have any music and it wasn't allowing him to sell any merchandise for him. That was, was way, yeah. He was fucking like nuclear heel heat there for a while. And uh, by the way, I want a black heart shirt bad. Uh, best tag team. Best tag team, Young Bucks, as always. I mean, they had a bit of an interesting year because I know um, one of them had was had a working with kind of a couple of injuries throughout the year, but they still they had know, a great year. I, I mean, w- they're they still. I mean, this whole renaissance we're seeing right now with wrestling, the indie scene blowing up, it's, it dates back to them. They're directly involved, yeah. And I love their their fucking love for the history yes. of wrestling. And they're they are true. I feel like real wrestling fans make the best wrestlers. They do. Um, let's uh, end it with the two more. The best feud of 2018. Chompa and Gargano. I, I, I think that that's was, what I went with. That was fucking blood feud status. All right, David, and primed for the biggest 2019. Who's going to be your breakout star of 2019? You know, I mean, other than AEW as a full promotion, I'm going to go with Drew McIntyre. Just because yeah, I think that he's great being answer. finally, finally set up for greatness, and he's finally ready. I don't think he was ready his first go around. That if he, he was too skinny, he didn't really know how to use his size. He just didn't have it yet. Right now, I think he does, and I think now he's ready to be the guy that Vince always thought he could be. I hope so too, because I mean the guy's a great heel, um, tweener actually. Kind of mm. is, yeah. I mean, people get behind him despite the fact that he's a psychopath, which is great. <laughs> but that's what we're entering, and that's uh, before we close out. That's one thing I have seen in Raw and SmackDown lately that I like: the return of the tweener. You I know? mean, I think Beck started that. Sort of the thing this year. By the way, she's now doing stunners in dark right, matches. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, it's 2018, 2019, guys. We can't. We got past the age of black and white wrestling, you know, as far as pure good, pure evil wrestlers 20 years ago. We can't go back to that. Let's be honest. It died when the Iron Sheik and Jim Duggan got arrested together. It, it did. And then it just kept going on. And you don't need to have pure babyface or pure heel, it can be a mix of both. I mean, your fan base is going to boo and cheer both anyway, clearly. So I don't see why. Just It's okay to have your good guys do some healer things. It's okay to have your heels get, you know, do some, yeah. you know. I, I okay love the things. tweener. I mean, that's what got me into wrestling. Yeah, so, you know, overall, I'm looking forward to wrestling in the coming year. I think Ron Smack and Argon continue to get better. I can't I, wait to see where AEW lands. Yeah, NJPW, poised for another great year. Ring of Honor is getting better impact. It's, there's never been a better time to be a wrestling fan. In the past, I mean, uh, since the Attitude Era. That's right why now. I'm back. I mean, let's be honest, the Chargers leaving San Diego facilitated that pretty pretty well, I think. But, uh, I mean, I'm totally into it because there's so much good wrestling to watch. Yes, and it's going to keep getting better. And MLW, by the way, oh, by the way, the NIPCO PCO uh, wrestled tonight. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah, that's, you see, yeah, there's so much you have to get to. I just haven't in the show in a long time. <laughs> But the other night, I want to say PCO wrestled Tanaka on an indie show, and you know, uh, you know, uh, fucking Masato Tanaka from ECW days. Right. 
and uh, is that that's his name, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, Masahiro Mas- Tanaka. Yeah, that that's 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 a baseball player. I think it's a okay, guy. This is bad. <laughs> I did say. Yeah, I, mean, you, I did. I did say a baseball player's name there. Yeah, but they wrestled the other night at an indie show, and I'm pretty sure if no one's dead, that someone probably came close to it. But well, and then you were saying that Conan got. Legitimately stabbed. Yeah, watch MLW. Yeah, it's so, so much great wrestling right now, dude. It's great. And uh, I didn't know that they uh, had employed New Jack. <laughs> it was a storyline, but yeah, but it's they legit had him bleeding and shanked in the kidney by fucking low key and storyline. So that's great. I loved it though. I mean, I'm cool with it. You know, just real quick, what happened to Conan? Because when I stopped watching wrestling, the guy could still walk and move, and now all of a sudden, it's like he's. Nearly a fucking triangle status. Yeah, like he had a lot of health issues. I think just years and years and years of bumping and just you know some guys' bodies take it better than others. You know, I mean Foley can still walk. Triangle amazingly. Can. You know, just some guys can just take those massive bumps better than other people. Man, I think just he's a case of a guy who just uh, his body hasn't taken as well to the years and years of punishment. Well, as I mean, look at Rey Mysterio. He's been working as long as Conan has, and. Guy's in the best shape of his fucking life. After double knee replacement surgery, but hey, that, you know, it's what it is, though. Granted, it seems like his WWE push is already over, because uh, he hasn't been on TV in three weeks He's just now. there, so no one else can have him. Let's be fucking honest. They what? saw him at a couple of JPW shows, didn't like it, brought him in just so no one else could fucking have him. All I ask out of that, then, is please give him a U.S. title run so he can be a fucking Grand Slam champion. Yeah. The smallest Grand Slam champion ever. ever. And then just have him immediately drop it to, like, Lars Sullivan. It was awesome when uh, Jordan finally saw him wrestle for the first time, and mm-hmm. she's like, oh, my God, he's so tiny. Like, I did not really... And it's like, yeah, he is... And that's one thing that has always had trouble with, is that if you've watched WCW... They, they all they all filmed his matches in a way that you couldn't really tell how short he was compared to his competition. Unless it was right. like Kevin Nash and they were trying to. But in WWE, they've always kind of made that such a big issue. It's, it's gr- I mean, I love how tiny he is. He's and a little guy. He's little tiny. He's a little, little, little guy. Little tiny pee-pee man. Well, all right, guys. I got places to be. Uh, this turned into uh, an hour-long podcast <laughs> because uh, this is what happens when David and I haven't been around each other for a while and yeah. we start talking. Um, so hopefully we get more David in the near future. Um, and, uh, I I hope you guys enjoyed the return of the downs once again. Hail me. And, uh, hail 2019. And hail Virgil. And, um, what's... Virgil. Yeah, see, my wife was like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Um, by the way, visit sadvirgil.com if you need a laugh, everybody. Um, it chronicles his... Life? Sitting alone at uh, con- conventions. Oh, it's, it is actually pretty sad. Poor guy. <laughs> All right, guys. Bye.